0: And once again, so easy. Search Ufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufyofficialcom slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns, coming. Guys, go to BertBertBert.com and check out my live tour dates. Buy a book, get a shirt, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Today's guest will be performing live at the Crowbar in Ybor City, August 8th, with my friend Brian Redband. Today's guest, another one of my friends, Sam Tripoli.
1: This is
0: perfect. All right. We're recording. Uh, yeah, that, I don't, you know it's so funny? I don't really look at that, that I don't see that.
1: I mean, the per- let's, t- let's take a look at this. At the batting percentage, whoever put this together had. That,
0: I, you know, it's so funny. I've not, I've never looked at it that way until you said it right now. You got I, Chappelle. Where
1: do you, yeah? We go first. Let's just go top row, and we're just doing four first guys in the, it, Your first, <laughs> first four bullets. First guy up, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. right there. You're like, we did good on this one, but it doesn't stop there. Next up, Jeffrey Ross.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that, I thought that was Dane Cook. No, Dane Cook's next to him. Oh, yep,
1: Dane Cook. And then Jay Moore. Jay Moore. Okay, then you go down. We can go down. DC Benny, who's just on... Last uh, Comic Standing? Yeah. Yeah,
0: DC was a monster.
1: Reggie McFadden, funny as hell.
0: Dude. Smooth. Reggie McFadden opened up a Barry Cash Showcase one time going, this is why you never eat stripper pussy.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, (laughs) why you got uh, uh, something on your forehead? That, Reggie Biffen, obviously funny. Jim Norton, Jim who's going to be on your next one. Uh, hit and a miss, but that's okay on the next <laughs> one. No, Burt Kreischer, Super Crush. Uh, Jordan Rubin, I'm sure he's writing on every show. In, in, right, probably in, writing for the, the Oscars right yeah, now. Yeah, writing for something amazing. Marcelli, I don't know this guy. Maceo,
0: Maceo is a monster. No one could follow Maceo. Yeah. No one could follow Maceo. Which Macio. I want to tell
1: you about, I, I, a video, so I won't go. Sue Costello had a huge like couple TV NBC, shows. Yeah. And then, uh, talent, you know, I mean, it's... Talent, I think talent,
0: see, talent owned, like, the, uh, what we were talking about is In My God damn it. in my Man Cave is a, is a flyer, when they did the man caves, that was, like, one of the things that we had, in like, our, in our keepsake of, like, things that, uh... That they wanted to put on the walls, and it's, as you can tell, these are none, I haven't changed any of these, and these are all just from one single episode of Hurt, Bert, or Bert to Conquer. But that was one, and they got it blown up, and it's a flyer from the Boston Comedy Club when I worked. What with, year was yeah, that? Ninety-eight. Wow. Yeah, ninety-eight. I think this uh, is a
1: whole different time. Jay had
0: just been on Jerry Maguire. Jim was still like kind of banging out in the clubs, like d- distinctly. Um, Dave had done Men in Tights. And was getting and was getting no. David just done uh, not super high me. Uh, I forget where the first
1: time I saw the, Dave what was Chappelle the high or, movie they did how high. Yeah, I know sure. what you're talking
0: about. Yeah, it Dane was, was, uh, Dane was. Dane was nobody. Uh, yeah, like Dane was like, I, but probably murdering people. He was destroying and he was but he, the, and he, he was doing development deal after development deal, but like no one knew who he was.
1: T- well, I don't think anyone knew who he was until even though like. He was probably making, like, 30G a college. I mean, he, I heard yeah. he had some insane number.
0: I wish I had been in L.A. Like, you you were in L.A. during that whole period. Nope. Yeah, you I were. I didn't come to L.A.
1: till about 2000. That's when... You said it's, like, 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, still yeah. in no, Vegas but, at but, this but, point.
0: But, I, but I, got to v- I got to L.A. and, like, I want to say I started doing stand-up in L.A. in, I, like, 2000... Two. Oh really yeah but i never i've never been on the scene like i've never been on the sunset strip like comedy cellar or uh sunset the sunset like uh laugh factory and store
1: i feel like i the f- i know when the first time i saw you perform and i thought you were so funny i know the it,
0: first time i met you i know that for a fact
1: it was uh well the first time i saw you perform was when before we met and i saw you in a main room doing a spot, and you were talking about uh shitting your pants which was hysterical, and then telling a cop, shh, that was when I go,
0: oh, this guy's really funny. You, uh, that was, by the way, you you know, I use you as an example to everyone. The first person I met in L.A. that wasn't a dick. Oh, thank you. Everyone else was a dick, and we were getting ready to do, uh... We were to get
1: young, National Lampoon's Young Comedian Special. That's where I met you for the first time. And I met Steve Byrne for the first time, and we were we were we, serious. Yeah, I never met Steve Byrne before that, and we were just good friends, and we, we you know we're still great friends. He's so busy, but you know you know you get to that point where your friendships in LA, it's like you're good friends, you just never see each other anymore yeah. because everybody's either got family or they're touring or they're just like grinding, bro. Yeah, that LA is the grind.
0: LA is a massive, and I love grind. it
1: because. You know, why do we live in L.A.? I'll tell you why we live in L.A. Why we put up traffic with the people, with the industry, why we get told by people who never have done what we do how we should do it is because we're you're always one day away from living your dreams. One call changes everything.
0: Dane Cook, as for uh, – I went to his house. This is probably 2001. I went to his house. I mean, I could probably find out the exact date, but I went to his house, and I remember – saying to him like i walked in he was like hey we should hang out like tuesday i like, think he was just down and bummed i walked into his house and he goes man you know why i love this business and i was like why and he goes i was so depressed yesterday and i just got a call and i booked a movie in china and i'm going to play the bad guy against like the girl who had crouching tiger hidden dragon oh my god and i was like are you serious He's like yeah i shoot for eight weeks in fucking china and he's like, that's how great this business is. Right. And I, I was like, oh my God, that call could happen for me any day. It's
1: moment to moment in this business.
0: You always think, like, I always think, say, like, uh, like something you did, like that goes out like I wrote that book, and I always go, maybe one day someone will be on a beach, like Steven Spielberg will be on a beach and be like, I just want to read something. And he'll pick it up and <laughs> go, you know what, let's make a movie about this yeah, kid. Why not? Like well, I, you've uh,
1: already had a movie about your life.
0: Uh, that's it's so. Funny. I understand that. Yeah, I, I just I'm so disconnected to that. I, was I understand on, that. I was on uh Jason Ellis, yes, two days ago. Yeah, I love and, that guy. And and uh, Mike Tully, I th- is Mike Tully his sidekick? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Tully was like, uh, was just like he wanted. To, he was really interested in the National Lampoon, and I wish I could have. If I had known them better, I would have just been like, this is a go nowhere subject. I don't have a lot of passion. I talk about the goddamn movie more than my, Ryan Reynolds.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's I didn't fine. do a
0: fucking thing with it.
1: Isn't that crazy? I, Ryan Reynolds played you. That's
0: like but not really. I mean, like I always try to defend it so that I, I don't end up in a situation where I'm standing across from Ryan Reynolds and he's like, so wait, you're telling me that you're, and like I always, but I don't know. I, I think I've gotten to a place where I'm not comfortable. I, do, I don't want to be identified as that one character. Love today. or hate Ryan Reynolds? Love. Love, I mean, dude. Love Ryan Reynolds. The
1: guy's in, I mean, let's just stop. Just the guy's amazingly good looking. For two totally straight guys yeah. to say a guy's amazingly good looking is is not easy to do. Yeah. But his comedic timing is insane. Like,
0: you forget he's the how only he thing was. good
1: about Blade 3.
0: Uh, yeah, you're totally fucking right. I just saw Blade Three the other day yeah. in like a in like a hotel gym, and I was like, I was like, oh, Bri- Rai, this is when I started taking him seriously. Yeah. This one yeah. was like, oh, this guy's legit,
1: timing like a mofo.
0: I remember when he was on Two Guys Girls and Girls in a Pizza Place.
1: Yeah, way back in the day. What, and who was the woman on there who did nobody got along with? Oh yeah, she was a chicken for like a short time. She was in a lot of movies, but you were in. A, I mean, I want trash anybody, but you were like, you knew, you heard notorious stories of her being incredibly hard to
0: work with. It seems that that is the one common denominator in people that stop working.
1: One, 100%. Is well, that, women, it's either hard to work with or they have kids and they just want to be moms. Yeah, yeah. But you do hear that a lot. Like, okay, why is this person
0: doing this, this, and this? Uh, great is, example. guys always get to be able to have kids. Like, I did – I did uh, – Chris Hardwick's show yesterday. Oh right. And he was he was like <laughs> it was really it was really bizarre, but it was it was a good conversation to have. But he was like, Don't you feel like you wish you weren't on the road and you could spend time with your kids? I was like, Yeah, but that's not an option. Yeah. But like, but for, but you're right, what you're saying is right. With moms, they just they just have to stop working. Yeah. They just have to stop working. They want
1: to stop working. It's yeah. just a natural drive. I put out this child. I want to
0: be with this child. Oh, and it's it's, it, it's, uh, it's hormonal too. Yeah, I mean, you can tell when a woman gets pregnant; they start. It's called nesting. Yeah, and they start really going like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna have a and like a, like a bird, like yeah. I'm gonna have a baby." <laughs> but uh, but wait, let's stop. What Let we're me talking ask you about? something. Well, okay, go ahead. On, go go ahead. On. No, no, go, go, go. Ask go. Me first. Go on. No, go. Okay, it's your show. You are, but it's all, it's all based on the fact that I fucking loved your last CD.
1: Oh, thank you. You're so nice. I really appreciate it.
0: And I don't know if you heard me talk about it, but I have talked about it. But I bought it. I bought it because you're my friend. Oh, I that's very nice. I it because you're my friend. That's
1: what I do, man. <laughs> I buy people's stuff. Like, yeah. I won't download an album like Eminem puts out an album. I'll go to Amoeba and buy the album. That's how old school I am. Yeah. Just so, you know, because yeah. that's what you used
0: to do. Yeah. And so I get it. I'm on the, I can tell you where I was. I love small details in a story. It's when you can know someone's telling the truth. Um, <laughs> they uh, I did, a n- n- small subject, but a long time ago, they did the History Channel, did History for the Joke, History of the Joke, and they asked me where, uh, if I remembered how I wrote a joke. And I went, if I remembered how I wrote it, I remember where I wrote it. I can tell you the first time I thought it, then the first time I said it on stage. That's how you know I write my material, is I remember all that shit. Yes. Um, I got a great story about that when you're done. I was on the 134. Oh, that's so awesome! Uh, and, and I and I and I was like, "All right, I'm putting in." Tri- and by the way, I'm doing this on my phone, driving, trying to get it up. And I put on the first what what the the one line that my baby would be balls deep in Asian pussy, yeah, crushing Asian pussy. And there were so many things that I started celebrating. It's almost like I hadn't gotten drunk in a long time, and I and someone gave me a shot. Oh, that's and so. I funny. Started giggling so fucking hard, and I was like, "All right, I haven't been around comedy like." my friend's comedy a long time and I forget that all my friends are now doing it at the level of which we admired when we started so and I was like I think
1: about that all the time dude I go because as a comedian man I went straight to headliner and it's a blessing and a curse
0: oh my god I know exactly what I want to talk to you about too
1: it's a blessing and a curse to go right to headliner because I never got to learn how headliners work. I had to learn the hard way. And it kind of messed up a couple things along the way. I'm blessed now. But, you know, it made it really hard to make money in comedy because I never learned how comics, how headliners work. But then I I work so much, I never get to watch, like, Bert Kreischer's at the Bray Improv. I never get to go there yeah. and watch. So I don't, like, I know, like, a good set compared to a bad set, but I, I know that only compared to my sets. Yeah. I don't know how my set compare, my great set compares to your great set. That, you know, it's like it's such an interesting thing. Like going back to you, you don't get to hear your friends perform anymore because you're always doing your thing. That's how it's like. I don't know how I'm doing compared to you. Like, not that I want to be better than you. I just want to be like, am I working at a level that Steve Burns working at, Brian Callen's working at, Burr Kreischer's working at?
0: Yeah, I always, I always, I have whatever the thing is. Uh, I have uh, bulimia of comedy, like I or anorexia of comedy. I'm a comorexic. Yeah. So what I always believe is I'm fat when it comes to my material. Like I don't believe my material is good enough. I don't believe it's good enough. So then I will
1: ever. I I can't see you having a bad set. I can't.
0: I haven't had one in a while, but that's not to say that I haven't had like a set. off sets or where, where I just like the other night. I felt like I did a set where I, like it was I like. And I could blame it to on a lot of things. I was like I felt like the house lights were too hot bright and I felt like they were talkative and that might have just been that show. But I I just um like last weekend I had one set where I was like, That wasn't that fucking good and even Fultron was like, Yeah, they were fucked up. Like he didn't go like, No, you did great. He was like, Yeah, they were fucked up. Do you ever go that's a weird crowd? Oh yeah.
1: Do oh, yeah. you yeah, I sometimes long time ago, famous kind like, you never blame the crowd. I'm like, I, I would love to Fuck do that.
0: that. Fuck that. But sometimes I just, it's a crowd. I've seen,
1: like, I've done lineups, you know, where you'll be at the store, and there's, like, a lineup of Murder Row, and oh. it's just, like, nobody's laughing. It's like, at some point, yep. we can't say it's
0: us. Uh, I did a show in Sa- Sacramento one time, and I was like, and I, I'm fucking bombing and bombing and bombing, and I'm like, this does not make sense. Like, these when was this? Work, this is, like probably 10 years oh ago, yeah it, nine yeah. years ago and and i'm like and i, I do my f- opening joke my name's bert i know you're thinking hot sex name bert uh uh, uh Bert. Bur, bur. whatever the fuck the joke was nothing another joke about sex nothing and i'm like motherfucker like is this like a clean crowd so i try to clean it up they've already decided they hate me and i'm and i get out and i'm at the bar and it's like an nothing's hour. worse and i'm like and i'm like this crowd sucked dick and then the bartender's like yeah and none of them drank either i go why didn't they drink he goes what well, was the brigham young baseball team and i was like a bunch of fucking mormons are not going to get my shit yeah of course i was like it was the crowd that was the crowd and why didn't they tell you that why wouldn't you tell me that when i got up just giving you a heads up it's the brigham young baseball yeah. team cuz that I'm, and by the way i know i don't know if it was exactly brigham young but i know it was a mormon, Along the lines it was a that. mormon baseball team i hate when people go well, define that. I cut corners so that I make it easier for you to wrap your head around. It's
1: so interesting.
0: But, uh, but I always believe it's crap. But yeah, you're right. You don't get to work with your peers until like I worked with Steve and Billy Ardell and, and Loftus and Bevins and Corielli. Yeah, I remember that. For the Jameson tour. That was fun because you got to see where you were specifically material-wise and that you were like, "Whoa!" so we're all writing about blowjobs. It's like. <laughs> like when you go when we went to I went to Montreal last year, and I was like I was like I forget the joke, but I was like God everyone's got a pulled over by the cops joke, like everyone's like everyone on that show had a I got pulled over by the cops joke, and I went it's so funny I don't have one of those thank God yeah, and I was like oh no one has kids oh I'll just do all my kid material perfect and but it's like it, unless doing last Comic Standing too everyone had a, a taxicab joke. Really? I remember. I remember, oh, was in a lot of New York City guys? A lot of New York City guys. Everyone had a taxi cab joke. Everyone had like a, I want to say they had like a flying joke that at 9-11 made, might have just happened. It's,
1: it's so hard not to write flying jokes as a yeah. comedian. It's just because you're always on these planes and you just see the crazy shit. And then yeah. you're like, oh, man. Like I had a joke about, I'm doing a joke about how I was late to my flight and I had to drop a deuce bad and just everything (laughs) getting onto that plane didn't allow me to drop the deuce until I get on the plane and just what I went through and how long it took me to drop the deuce and then the door doesn't close and it's either drop the deuce or close the door Yeah, and then like I am a guy who I don't like to look at what I did a lot of people take pictures
0: I I bring Isla in here Isla says she's got to see it to know if she's done for the day
1: I can't look at my dump, but I, I'm so scared of. And here's where I go. Okay, I'm walking in the hackiness. I, I hate plain bathroom toilets. I hate. I, I,
0: I'm just this fear of plain bathroom. Yeah, like of getting your your inside sucked. Yeah, out.
1: and like I'm like I'm sure this is the hackiest thing
0: ever. No, no. But it was, we heard about it when we were children that it happened to a woman. I'd heard it when I was a child that some woman was fat. And her whole body closed up that thing. She hit that and it sucked her intestines out of her body.
1: Oh, I see. That. Now you tell me that it, it's more fear.
0: It's, if you're fat and your body closes up that, it will rip your guts out. I
1: can't look at it. And then, of course, I get and then I look at it. And it, at our age, it's like a medical checkup. It's like, am I dying? <laughs> and I hate
0: it. My buddy called one time. He goes, I shit a balloon. I was like, "What?" And he's like, "It was what? a huge bubble of something." I do you think I need to go get tested? I was like, "Nah, you'll be fine."
1: Unbelievable, but um, I appreciate you listening to my my CD. The feedback oh, has I been loved great.
0: It. I loved it, and I and I and I was like, "And here's what I was stuck." Look at
1: me, bring it back to you, talking about my CD.
0: But no, but I liked I liked the fact that you did a CD. Like it's it's the it's the I believe for the vast majority of us, it's the purest form of how we learn to enjoy comedy. 100%. Listening to Bill Hicks, listening to Kinnison. I listened to Kinnison on a tape deck in the back of a bus to an ice skating. Uh, we were going ice skating for a field trip, and and that uh, that Hedberg, Attell, all those were great CDs. Uh, Stephen Wright,
1: one hundred percent Stephen Wright, man, uh, next level, brilliant. I because I, I like the rainbow of comedy, but you bring up a uh, Sam Kenson. Last night at the Comedy Store was one of the greatest nights of my life. I, really? W- yeah. And it's literally, I got asked to do the Iron Sheik roast for the second time. Yeah. And every night I do, every time I do that, it's the greatest night ever. But this night was even more like next level amazing. Uh, you know, the roast was great. I had to go up first and it was like, it was good. It was a little rushed because they're like, come on, we got to go running late. And I'm like, well, I'm two jokes in. It went great. But something magical happened. As I'm leaving the roast, I'm walking the back dice is pulling out now dice and i up to that point had a really weird relationship because when i got into the when i moved to la i was a a young armo armenian full of fire you know basically you know when i was a kid i very defensive like got picked on a lot verbally was had a lot of uh had a you know defensive shields up and when I first got picked up at the comedy store, which is a great story, it, it, and it kind of involves you and I, I, did an interview recently about why I started doing this kind of adult comedy thing, and it was about me doing the Vivid Video comedy show in Irvine, yeah. and they're like, "Dude, you got to get here now, or else we're gonna have to put Kreischer up, and you're gonna have to follow him," and you know, and I loved you, and I'm yeah. like, "Well, I gotta do what I gotta do. If I gotta follow him, and the only reason I said that is because up until that moment." I'd been getting bumped by Joe Rogan, Andrew (laughs) Dice Clay, and Eddie Griffin nightly. Like, for three nights straight, I had to follow forest
0: fires (laughs) every— I had to follow forest fires.
1: Every night I'm walking into a 5 o'clock fire. I'm (laughs) I'm, just—I'm walking in. It is every— We're going
0: (laughs) to drop you in the center. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's literally
1: how it went. So I'm like, okay, Bert's going to crush. I'm just going to have to just, you know, draw from what I know. And, of course, yeah. you were crushed when I walked in. And I, I, I walked up on stage, and uh, I dropped my first joke, and the place goes fucking nuts. And then this, like, cross-eyed porn star's heckling me. And I just murdered her for, like, five. And the place goes nuts. I go,
0: I rem- I think, I, I think I remember this night.
1: I go, I found my crowd. This yeah. is my crowd. Because up to that point, I always thought, if you can't get on television – which is when you just get everybody. You have to find this kind of niche who yeah. loves you. I'm a Mexican comedian. There's nothing against that, but there's like, you yeah. have a crowd, you know? I'm like, oh my God, I found my crowd. And that's where my life changes, and I start going after this thing, and I start getting these people following me. I remember
0: we were supposed to do some vivid tour.
1: Yeah, do you remember they that? were going to do a big tour. But I
0: wanted to go so bad, there was one at Riddles in Chicago that I think you did with... Me,
1: uh, Adam Hunter, Greg Wilson... Uh, and two adult film stars,
0: uh, Alec oh, Alexander, yeah. Mo
1: Alexander, and this porn star who, like, was banned in India. They had a death sentence on her. Now she's like a star of Bollywood.
0: Something Leone? Yeah, Sonny Leone. Sonny Leone. I remember that. I remember that hardcore, because I wanted to do that date so fucking it. bad Like it would be you. Tripoli and Adam Hunter. I think Greg. I think Greg. Uh, Greg, Greg Wilson, Wilson probably ended up probably filling, ended up for filling you. in. And I was like, I want to do that so bad because Riddles was fun as fuck. Riddles was magical. Oh, it was amazing. Riddles was the club, guys. So that you are listening, if you want to follow along, Riddles was where D. Ray Davis started. Yes, D. Ray Davis used to do like fucking Monday night there, and he would sell three shows. Packed to the gills and walk out with twenty five grand in cash and and Brant was his name Brant Brant Tobler no one Brant Tobler no Brant oh
1: yeah Brant uh, fuck he's don't say his he last looks name Italian but he's Mexican because
0: yeah I'm gonna don't say his last name gonna, he, he was he, he paid no taxes yeah he had no like he would get a he would get bottles of Cavassier from the liquor store and then just walk around with little like uh, dental cups and pour shots for people.
1: Dude, you be there one day, there would be like nothing in the lobby, come back to the next night, TVs all over the place. You're like, where did you do that? How'd you do that? He's like, don't worry about it. He,
0: he said to me the first night I worked there, he goes, you, he puts a pistol on the table and he goes, you want cash, I'm guessing. And I saw the gun and I got scared and I went, I want to check. And the gun was just out. Yeah. Because that's when you count money, you have a gun on the table yeah. if you're Brant. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and he's like, you want to check? I was like, yeah. And I remember... Calling my wife and telling her she was you should have gotten fucking cash, you idiot. Yeah. What are you getting a check for? I go, you had a gun on the table.
1: Yeah. I'm scared. I'll take paper. I'll take
0: paper. So um but uh so you were saying you got you find your crowd with the
1: Yeah, so I did the I, I you know, I, I, I was following these people, but I bring it back to when I first got picked up to the store, Andrew Dice Clay, who I grew up loving, you brought up Sam Kenson, which I wanted to bring it back to was like five or six guys influenced my comedy. Yeah. Sam Kenson, Dice, Bill Hicks, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor.
0: I'll say those. I'll say I've got all those. Uh, only reason Carlin influenced my comedy was not necessarily his comedy, but his books. I yeah. bought. I bought all his books, and I loved reading. I love the way he wrote.
1: I love watching Carlin because Carlin to me is what a comedian should be. I like Carlin. I like Carlin same reason I like Book of Mormon or John Oliver Tonight. Like yeah. really smart comedy that. That, you know, enlightens you about what's going on in the world. But it still kills. Yeah. And that's why. But Carl's great because they'll, like, break down, like, social hierarchy followed by one of the best fart jokes you've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And that's why sometimes when I do poop jokes, I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like, Fuck no, it. you got to give people a chance to breathe. You can't be challenging their senses every joke you do. you got to let them just be monkeys throwing shit against the wall.
0: It's like if you look at... I, I look at Louis, and Louis went back, I think, a second hour, and he covered a lot of subjects like that. I felt that would that I would never I would never cover because I was like, well, they look like they may be hacky because they've been done so much. But yeah. Louis did them, and they were fucking genius. Yes, and you're like, well, that's oh, that's right. I forget that. Yes, the con- lowest common denominator is probably going to gravitate to the same seven subjects. Yeah, but also we're experiencing those subjects too. And why can't we have a pr- insight? Like, you were talking about planes. The other night, I, I had something really interesting happen. I, I get gas on planes a lot because I drink beer on planes, or I used to. I still do sometimes on long flights. But when I drink a lot of beer, I get gassy, and I have to fart. And so the other night, I had this genius insight. I went up to the flight attendant, and I was like, can I get a coffee filter with coffee in it? You know those little pre-packed coffee filters? She goes, what for? I said, I'm going to fart in them. Because if I fart in them, it doesn't smell like farts. It smells like coffee. She was like, are you serious? And I was like, I don't know. I'm about to try. But I go, I have farts. Unbel-
1: you're like the MacGyver of farting.
0: Yeah. And so I put the coffee filters under my ass and I just started farting at them and all I could smell was coffee. And the guy looks at me and he goes, they must be brewing coffee up there. I'm like, that's right, asshole.
1: That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. But yeah.
0: But so like, why can't, so because that happened on an airplane, I can't bring that up or I can't explore that or try to write a joke around it. I
1: think you should.
0: So yeah, but anyway, but my, but, and then cutting. So go back to your Dice experience.
1: So. I got picked up, and I was just, you know, I was a bullheaded, like, kind of knucklehead, young, like, Armenian, like, fire-in-my-blood type kid, and I got up there, and I, you know, I was very blessed. I got picked up very quickly by Mitzi Shore. I'm like, one of two people to ever have your first main room, your first spot at the comedy store would be a main room spot. She'd only done that one other time, and that was with Roseanne Barr. It was me and Roseanne, and I got thrown into this spot. I had to follow Charles Fleischer, who at the time was like this murderer. You know, he was yeah. murder. He's still murdered, but he was like really murdering back then. Yeah. And I didn't know who I was following. I went in there, I bombed for 50, and just ate it. 15 minutes of dog <laughs> dick. You know, I'm just saying... <laughs> And the, mo- the most amazing thing happened the next day. I got called. You're going up again, which changed everything for me. You know, yeah. but I got picked up, and she was giving me like four spots a week. But every night, Dice would bump me for an hour for literally a year. Would bump me, and I would follow him by kind of like stealing his guns from him, like going up and say stealing his gun, like anything he was doing. I would kind of like just play off it, make a little joke about it. Yeah, probably. Sometimes a little harsher than I should have. For like a guy who's my idol, I should have played it better that
0: way. But you also have to pretend he's your equal if you're going to follow him.
1: 100%. So And I, he would go, I would hear him say to these people, that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. But after a while, got, we just...
0: Started bumping heads.
1: Bumping heads. And I really regret that. So in the 15 years I've been at the comedy store, I've had two conversations with Dice. Really? Up to the last night, two conversations. One time, I when I did Craig Ferguson, and he just goes, "Dude, you really were great, Craig Ferguson." I was like, "Oh, that's so amazing to hear that from like one of the only guys of my top I've six who who's either about. live and still doing comedy."
0: Yeah, <laughs> L- the rest yeah. are
1: dead or d- won't do it anymore. And then the, the I saw him in Vegas recently. And we took some pictures, and he was really nice. But last night, I, I do the roast. I'm walking. He pulls up. He pulls. He's like Triple A. I'm like, "What?" Come here. And I walk up. It's dice. And we have, a, like, a real conversation for the first time in 15 years. Like, a, a conversation going, hey, you're up for this thing. I really like you. I'm talking to this guy. You think you can do And we, like, had a, convers- a, a, like, a real first-ever conversation about comedy, connecting. It was, like, the most amazing. I li- literally was floating on air after it. It was such an amazing – it's, like – it's like Kobe and Jordan. Not that I'm Jordan or Kobe, but, like, you know, two guys who were. because, like, our styles, we should have been BFFs, you yeah, know? We yeah. should have been working together all the time. And, and hang, you know, it's like – but we never did. And, like, to have a conversation – I was like, it was the most amazing thing ever, man. He was like, man, I've heard you're really funny. I think we, sh- we could do something really good together. Or this would be a big thing for you. And I was like, whatever. He's like, can you close? I'm like, dude, if I bomb, you can keep the money. He's like, no, that's not it. I'm not paying you. But it's like <laughs> – yeah. You know, he said they're gonna pay you, but it's like, yeah, well, this could be really big for you. And it was like such a great moment. And then a couple other people said, for the first time ever, they had had a connection with Dice that night that they'd never had before. And really? it was like, it was so fucking cool, dude. It was, it was such a great moment. I was so excited; I couldn't stop talking to people about it. It like really was like one of the best nights of my life, to actually. Be able to fucking have a conversation with someone I loved because a lot of times the people I love they just don't like me. I don't know why. My
0: it's it's the part of the bit. like I came out and I I I mean I'm not, I'm not gonna bring up names, but it's been widely talked about. There have been people I liked that even hung out with me at a bar, and then I meet and they're talking shit behind my back, and I'm just been like feelings hurt, and I and you want to say something and you want to come out and I used to in the back in the day I'd be like. That guy did this, and then and they found out that that is not conducive to this business. It's so weird, man. This business is so fucked up. I was saying, I was saying to someone, people. F- I think people like you more when you're failing, because they're like, because they. I think people.
1: I think people like you more when you're. They don't feel threatened by you, once which they, is yeah. the Like music, music seems to be like this band. Like, whoa, this band's fire. Dude, come on the road with us. We want to f- work with you. Yeah. But comedy just gets a little different, man. I don't know why, but it's like sometimes your heroes we, yeah. don't necessarily – people you love don't necessarily love you back, and it's
0: it can be really rough. And some people – and I, and by the way, if you've talked to me on the phone in the last six months, I'm not talking about you. Right. So, like, like all my friends don't have to – but, like, there are people that when I was younger I looked at, and then you realize – you don't realize this entirely – but then you realize you're a reflection to their failures. You're running laps about around them, objectively um, and subjectively. In comedy, they're still doing the same thing: obscure references and weird ways to deliver it. Uh, and and you're like, oh, I'm well, I'm way past characters. Like I'm fucking, I'm working on thirteen minute stories and and arcs yeah, and
1: one hundred percent
0: and and real conversations about what's really going on in my life and. And and I wrote a book and I haven't seen yours. And then that person looks at you like, well, fuck you, like, yeah. And you know, it's it's. I think I think the people
1: internalize of- a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's a problem also when you're doing it on stage. and You're just being honest about some stuff. They you could be talking about this other person, and you just this crowd internalizes it like it's about them. And then they yeah. shift on you, and you're like, no, this isn't about you. We're we're making a broad discussion about something in society, and they just shift and. Sometimes that's why they're, like, these guys who, like, are Nickelback on stage think they're, like, the fucking Led
0: Zeppelin, you know what What's I'm saying? Nickelback are the ones that think that because, uh, like, there are, there's a group of comics that are actually not all that talented. They just do shows in rooms where really talented people do shows. Yeah. And they think they're really good. And then you watch them, and you're like, oh, you, I don't think you realize you're too close to the forest. Yeah. You, you don't realize what you're doing and what you're doing is something that's really hacky in the regular clubs.
1: 100%, dude. 100 They just it's just like for me it's always been
0: it's not about the laugh. It's how you get the laugh. And it's and it's and it's and it's also about it's like like that I think the road served me super well, and in, in that I don't even know if that's the right sentence to use, but served me. works for me. It served me great because I learned how to do an hour, and an hour is the art form.
1: Yes, and people don't realize the arc of the hour.
0: Yeah, the and, up- and an hour, and by the way, an hour in front of strangers.
1: That dude, they people go to. How does it feel to be up uh, on stage in, in a packed room? I go listen. I just did the Syracuse Funny Bone. It was so much fucking fun. It's a
0: great fucking club. That is a great, great, great fucking club. It's an
1: A club. It's a club that kind of popped up two years ago, and it's just this next level. Fun as fuck. And, you know, and Stroops was so nice to let me go home on the 4th of July, get to hang out with my mom, get paid to do it. And it's just like, it's a real blessing, dude. And the shows were great. We both said, hey, listen, some nights are going to be slow. It's 4th of July weekend. Just come out and have a good time. And he was so nice, and he let me go out there and do it. And. People go, man, what's it like to be up there? I'm like, I go, dude, to kill a room full of strangers.
0: Is- and, and, and strangers, you got to – those of you listening probably come to our shows. I know that you – if you're listening, I know this for a fact, you're a huge Tripoli fan. Yeah. And I know you're also a huge me fan. And you, we know who our fans are. We know what you guys like. And we love seeing you in the room. don't You got to remember that you are, you are a very small minority – yes the majority of people in that room and by the way thank you for buying tickets yeah but the majority of people have no buy them up front please i have no fucking idea what we're like a purchase ticket let me break this down because this means a lot in this business don't think that because some ham and egger and that's a ronnie b phrase some ham and egger gets a free ticket because he's on a mailing list and he's like fuck it we got two for ones let's go don't Thank you for buying tickets for our shows because that really helps our career.
1: Well, like, here's also the thing. I, I have to tell you, if you like the comic, don't worry about the $2, $3 ticket charge. If yeah. you really like the comic, you help him by buying your tickets up front.
0: Because we get a breakdown at the end of the week of how many people were paid, how many people the club comped, how many people we comped. How Do many they people... comp
1: any tickets for your shows?
0: I I'll, I'll still, I, I'm weird because... Because I made my bones in this business by selling drinks. That was the number one way I got I got ahead. Was that I was selling more drinks than the average comic at my price range. So, and so the clubs would just be like, I understand he's selling tickets, but booze, and, you're booze guy. Yeah, and so they'd be like, but you know what, comp out three hundred, and if we have to turn people away at the door from free tickets, that's fine. No, I get that totally. And, the, and they're like, and like, but. If we sell the whole room, if the room's packed, we're going to fucking run out of booze by Saturday early. Yeah. Saturday. And so so I still, even though I'll do percentage door deals sometimes, I'll be like, listen, do the percentage door deal. I've got a guarantee. Don't fuck yourself, though, on the on the club side of going where you can fill out the room. Fill out the room if you can. I understand that the comp, comp as many tickets as you feel you know right. need to comp. Right. And you run that. Don't have to run it by me. You right. don't have to run it by my mm-hmm. agent. You run that. Because – but that, the, and I feel like we're talking in circles. But the the truth is, those comped rooms are the testament of a real comic. Is when you can make people that do almost would rather you fail and them heckle loudly and be funnier than you. When you make those people laugh, that's a fucking comic.
1: One hundred percent, dude. And people go to me. I, I they ask me, dude, that room was packed. How would that feel? I go, dude killing in front of a room full of strangers or even like I might not know who you are. you might be a friend fan but like not actually knowing you is better than the best sex I've ever had in my life and I've done some weird freaky shit and enjoyed the fuck out of it but that's better like the the amount of adrenaline rush when you got a f- hot room, is the best feeling in the world.
0: You're not going to sell a ton of merch to those people because if they, if what is com- that, dude? If can I com- ask you that? If they're comped. They, if they're no, comped, no,
1: no, no. Yeah. Hold on. I, I don't mean to cut you off.
0: Nope. Please.
1: Here's what happens. All with I do mayo. is
0: cut people off on this show.
1: When I have a f- fire show, I mean it is flame throwing. I say, okay about a merch. When it's like okay, it it was good. You know, here, there, lying around the block buying merch. My friend says it's pity shit, which I I, I think to a point there is something. But it's so weird that when the great shows are like, my friend's like, I think it's because they think they got the best of what you got.
0: I think that, I, or is that
1: not something that happens to you?
0: No, 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 no. Oh, it happens to me. It happens to everyone. Everyone's really? the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's, the exact same it's, as you.
1: That's the mind fuck of this gig.
0: It's, uh, it is...
1: Am I saying fuck too much, by the way? No,
0: no. <laughs> uh, I don't have a sponsor. We're fine. The, uh, I, uh, I think... I notice that when I go long, I don't sell as much merch. And I notice... What do you do? How much time? Uh, right now, anyone that runs a club is going to go, be honest... Uh, usually I try to stay around an hour, but I usually am doing like hour 30. Really? Yeah. And I, but it, it's a better show at an hour. I prefer an hour. An hour is a perfect show. For, Jim Norton. I heard him tell someone one time, 50 minutes is the perfect length. of. The show. I
1: agree with that too.
0: And Dan, Dan, um, Godfrey who's running now, I think all the improvs all over the country maybe is, uh, has told me you really are selling yourself short for the next performance because you just gave them everything. But the problem is, I write on stage, so I can't really say that that first twenty minutes is going to be material. And then I feel like I, they, I I owe them an hours worth of material, and I, I, I got to tell that. the machine story, and the machine story's fifteen minutes. Do you remember
1: where I first heard the machine story? Uh uh-uh. uh Do you remember when you did my National Lampoon show, like way back in the day? Oh my god! Like. Like, just like we just kind of gotten to know each other, yeah. and I was like, come do this. It was me and my buddy, Nodder, and I think Daryl Wright was on the show, and you just came in. You were like, dude, that's as funny as any morning show I've ever done in my life. we just murder. God damn, I do remember that. And I, you told the machine story. I was like,
0: holy shit. Someone emailed me this morning. He's like, you said one time that you told us this, this some other joke. You told it here in college, but you said... You told her here on stage. I like, go, oh, "Yeah, the joke has many births." Yeah. Like you, you, like I will say the first time I ever told the machine story that my recollection was on love line. But honestly, first time I ever really feel like but like that was just like a that was like a passing of the story, yeah. it was maybe like 3 minutes, and I just overtold it. I just over like kind of sold it. And then I told it on I can then, but I've I, the same births happened at Elliot in the Morning, WTVE, and at Rogan. But Rogan is the place where, where it exploded. Where I told, like, where I go the first time I ever told that story and it mattered was ro- like, because all of a sudden it changed my fucking life. I mean, I told her on a cowhead show just fucking around one day. And I was like, oh, did I ever tell you this? But yeah, it's, I, I, I remember telling that. But
1: yeah, Rogan's a great place to. Tell these amazing stories. I, I told the story of uh, on Rogan about the greatest heckle kill of all time. What's that? It involved me getting heckled by this chick in Phoenix. She says they steal one of Rogan's jokes. And I, I know it's not Rogan's joke, so I call Rogan. Oh, I
0: fucking heard this.
1: And I, t- I, and I put him on speakerphone, and it's like, is that your joke? He's like, no. He's like, you're too funny, and fuck that bitch. And the whole place explodes. These... And then she keeps coming at me. Every chick in the club fucking goes right at this bitch. It's the greatest thing. This bitch got bitch slapped in Phoenix from Hollywood, California. It was amazing, dude.
0: What's up, George? Do you need something? Just saying hi?
1: Great. Hi, Hi, George. What a great dad to have.
0: Yeah. Um, Hey, baby, you're going to need to. All right. Love you. (laughs) Just open the door. Open the door. Open the door. How's the bed coming along? Good. Okay. How are you? Yeah, she's my ten-year-old. Yeah. All right, we're doing a podcast, baby. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, it's Bill Murray. Oh, You thought, was... thought it was who?
1: I didn't hear it. Are your kids funny?
0: Uh, Isla is. Isla is very funny. Georgia is very, very. Georgia's my, my like sensitive part of my brain, and uh, she can tell. She's real sensitive. She's real cautious. She's like, she's, you'll get them cookies, like a big black and white cookie, and she'll be like, I think I'm just going to have half because I don't want to get sick. And you're like, I am not that human being. Yeah. Isla, last night we were watching the Lego movie, or two nights ago, and Isla is going in. That was filled to the top, those Skittles. And when my wife would leave, she'd run and grab a handful and pound them. And I and then she'd look, and you could see her looking to see if she was near, and grab more. And I was like, "That's my personality." Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Georgia and Leanne are very similar emotionally. Although Georgia and I look alike, Isla and I are very similar emotionally. Isla's fucking funny. A
1: little piece of you, a little piece of you.
0: Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Um, wait, w- w- oh, the, the the kill story. So God. the Rogan kill story, and that's and that I heard that on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the Rogan birth shows was- Rogan shows an interesting. Sh- all I say it's are fascinating.
1: No, but Rogan's is a unique one in that it is the equivalent of, in my opinion, more than I grant. I haven't done any Nerdist, and I haven't done Marin, Is the equivalent of the Tonight Show, the new Tonight Show, in that I mean the Phelan Show is phenomenal, and I think he's doing an amazing job with that. But Rogan's the one where it's like people. Go to that. That is a destination,
0: and it's and it and it does more that it does more in explaining your comedic point of view. Yes, than six minutes on Fallon.
1: One hundred percent people, because most people watch it. I mean, there are Tonight Show fans. I'm not taking that, but some people are like, "What's that? Oh, Fallon's got the you know this person on. Let's watch this." So it's a it's like I'll oh, watch this. Rogan's like, "Oh, download new new episode. Got to listen
0: to it." I was listening to. I listened to. I, I I go on the road and it's like it's like uh, whatever the dopamine r- providers are that is a a Rogan new Rogan episode is a dopamine provider. I go oh I don't even I love now I love when I go I don't even know this person but then when I see like Joey I'm like oh thank God this week one easy of the best flight but yeah uh, Rogan's is great I fucking I sometimes just listen to Duncan's intros like Duncan's intros are these long fucking
1: what an amazing human being
0: oh I uh I I can't I'm fucking. I wish that I could talk about everything in life. Yeah. This is something totally separate. But uh, I'll talk to you about it after the podcast. I That is something I want to talk to you about. Uh, but like, let's go back. I want to tell the story. This is the greatest story, learning story in comedy, is you and Roy Johnson. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've talked about this before because I feel like, and I know Roy, and I've known Roy for a while now. And I knew Roy before it happened and after it happened but I learned so much after watching how that transpired because Roy's not doing stand-up anymore. I think he's selling cars in Arkansas.
1: Someone said, uh, yeah, I think that's where he's at.
0: Yeah, but I'll. if you want, you can tell the story, or I can tell it, because I don't want you to feel like you're shitting on anybody. No, I mean, like, I... I-
1: I think, th- I mean, he's not doing stamp anymore. I don't think there's any really shitting on anybody. It's just, uh, you know, unless you're thinking about buying a car from him. So I think it's kind of, you know. And
0: I get his updates on Facebook all the time. I get, uh, I, we I, got low,
1: low prices down here.
0: Yeah. No, no, he was, he was having cocktails at Casa de Roy the other day. And I was like, and I know Roy and I know there's a cigarette involved. and
1: uh, do you Are you on Facebook at all?
0: Not really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like
1: Facebook and Twitter now have taken two totally different feels. Facebook is like you're at home, you're connecting with family and friends. It's no longer like come see my show. I don't feel like it's that anymore. It's no. just strictly connecting to people you don't normally see. I feel like Twitter is the office. Yeah. Go follow me here. Here's a funny joke, blah, 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 blah. I it's always tweet
0: one funny joke a day and then yeah. retweet anything about my book and I, then answer questions.
1: I, I'm in a weird place. I want to make a a Twitter personal account where I can just talk maybe like a Twitter sports account. Cause I feel like I talk sports and people don't.
0: Aren't Ooh, that's th- not a bad idea is to have separate Tripoli accounts just like you would separate podcasts. Like, like once you be have a punch com- drunk and yeah. then you have, like- Oh, I
1: have a punch drunk. I have a naughty show podcast. They're both, they both have great Twitter accounts and they're both doing fucking phenomenal. My naughty show has just been fire lately. It's so much fun. And you know, the numbers are good, but it's not like what I, I I really feel like it's just that podcast where it's like, it's going to be, I I don't want to sound egotistical. I just think it's going to be something that's going to be around for a while yeah. that a lot of people won't get. And then one day I just think it's going to be like, bam, and people and are going to catch it because yeah. it's me that Vicky Pezza and Gareth Reynolds, do you know, Gareth Reynolds, I you got to get him on the show. Okay. He's literally the funniest human being Is I he know from
0: Evan and Gareth. Yes. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. He did a show called Mancation yes. on the Travel Channel. Yeah. It was a really... Which one is he? His he's curly the blonde. Hair, the blonde. Yeah, they're fucking hilarious, both Dude, of them.
1: guys, lightning in a bottle. And, like, I do something very interesting with it. where I don't... He doesn't have to prep for the show. I just have him come in, yeah. and I do the whole show, and I kind of throw it at him. And then we just react off each other, and he's just fucking fire. And it's just, like, it's going so well. It's like... It's eventually gonna catch fucking fire, so it's going pretty good. But back to the story. I was I got called in to do funny bones in Dayton. And I never played that place. But this is in Dayton. Dayton.
0: God damn it, I tell stories wrong. You are you ready? Where why where'd you think it was? Cincinnati. Nope. God damn it. Okay, keep going. So I
1: come in and somebody had canceled. So they asked me to come and fill the week.
0: Now let me let me let me preface these stories with uh, Funny Bones in general. And by the way, I know all you people that run them, and I love you, and you know that. But there are a there are a tier of comics that the Funny Bones personally get to book, and those are their feature acts. And they know those guys, and they've worked with those guys, and those guys will headline off nights. And then there are guys like me and Tripoli who are LA acts that are brought in a lot of times via LA, yeah. and and sent there and be sometimes, because the club didn't bring us in, they will have a chip on their shoulder. Not now. Not now that we're grownups. But when we were younger, they'd have a chip on their shoulder when we showed up and going, who the fuck is this guy that wants a town car to pick him up? Or or who's this guy that's asking about press?
1: Great example. Flying in to do Addison in Texas. I get picked up by the guy who books the club. He goes, I just want to let you know, we booked our best feature. We just want to see how you'll do after him. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why is there a challenge going on here? Yeah, And I got a great story about that, if you want to get into that later, too. It's why I don't like Carlos Mencia, and I have no problem with saying it. And if you listen to my CD, I rack him a little bit because of this weekend. Really?
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Wait, wait, wait. tell me that story quickly. You want to hear this one? fuck yeah. I love, by the way, this is more fun than talking about comedy. It's talk, shitting about, like, it's like gossiping about comedy.
1: Well, if you listen to Carlos Mencia on the Mark Marin podcast, he says something very interesting. He wanted to show people who's boss, he wanted to go up there and let them know who's the best in the biz. Yeah. So I'm doing this show, and he goes, and uh, the guys at the ass and go, listen, there's a chance Carlos might show up. And I'm like, God damn it, man. Because, like, once again, like, he, was a guy that would find me on the lineup and 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 bump me. Yeah. And I had a rule with Carlos. If Carlos goes a second over 30 minutes, I'm not going up. Yeah. Because there's something about 30 minutes in LA where you people get the man, the mindset of this is the
0: headliner. This is the end of the show is happening right yeah.
1: now. This is the big guy after he's done the
0: show's over. And the mindset changes in the audience member and they start going what are we going to do after this? Yep, yep. And then when you come on after it, and I had that same rule, but I had it because I had kids. Because so I was like, listen, man, like I remember Dane one time jumping up on stage. He's like, do you mind if I go in front of you? And bumping me, but I like Dane. And I was like, no, it's fine. But I went up to the club and I go, I'm out because I got kids. I want to see them tomorrow. I get it, it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to fucking wait around for him to get done. And and I want him to go as long as he wants to go also. Let him have fun. Yeah, let him have fun. But I got to go home.
1: Yeah, I can't so I be here it.
0: all night. Okay.
1: And you know, Carlos is. Carlos would come to the show, and the comedians. We would have weird s- signals, like that he's in the room. Yeah. Like like uh oh come on or something like weird he'd yell <laughs> something now so you know oh shit like I remember Steve Byrne had brought uh Vince uh what's his face uh Vince Vaughn to the club and. This is when he had this new bit he really wanted to do about how you could tell what kind of music people listen to by looking at them, like their stereotypes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was his baby, and he really loved this thing. And it, he walks up on stage, and just then I see Carlos is in the room. And I know that Steve wants to put on this huge show yeah. in front of Vince Vaughn. And I, but I go, if there's ever a bit... Carlos is going to jack. It's, it's going to be this yeah. fucking joke.
0: Yeah, I can see that. That seems like a, a bit where you where, and 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 what I'm agreeing on is there. And are by the way,
1: b- the venom. Is coming from me, not you. Oh, so I, 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 take full credit. Oh no, no, no! And no. I'll tell you this story why I, I I'm like this.
0: No, but, but, uh, so just so people understand, because I think people don't understand how thievery st- it happens. And the easiest way to steal is when you see a premise that hasn't really been fleshed out. Yeah. But you're not. You don't have to see it from those eyes. You don't have to see it from on the stage. You get to see it from the other side of the fence, and it's so much easier to figure out. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and so that's why when you have a bit like that you're like oh don't do it because someone on the other side of the fence can help you figure that
1: out 100% dude and so he's about to go into it and so he, i don't know if you know the main room you know the main room it's got that big stage He's on stage there's like a hallway that kind of brings you to the kitchen and all that stuff i'm in the hallway he keeps trying to go into it. i'm like no. i'm like literally jumping yeah i'm like no he's like you know me I'm like, no he's like Okay, I, get, I, I don't know. And he goes into something else. Yeah. And he's, he, I can tell he's not happy with me at this moment. Yeah. And then he goes, okay, who's next? And they go, Carlos Men'si." And he goes, uh, He goes, okay, please welcome Carlos Mencia. And he walks around and goes, dude, thank you so much. I go, "Yeah." because it would have been gone. It would have been gone and remixed Mexican and you would have been fucked for the rest of your life. For the re- You know, so this is why I'm mad at Carlos. So. I'm at the Addison Improv, and, like, the dude's always bumping me. And it got to the point where if I knew Carlos was going up, I wouldn't go up. So what he would do, now he started bumping two in front of me. It was, like, scientific how he would do it. So I'm like, man, I'm in Addison. This guy's still bumping me, man. So we're hanging out. We're getting ready. All of a sudden, I see little Brad Williams walk in. I love Brad Williams. (laughs) I love Brad Williams. He walks in. I'm like, hey, Brad. And I go, oh. And in comes this Mexican mafia. And right here is where the, the disrespect starts coming. He starts introducing everybody. And literally, man, Carlos goes to me. He goes, hey, everybody, this is Sam Tripoli. Goes grab Will not look me in the eyes. Will not even look at me. Looks off, shakes my hand, walks away. Doesn't even go, do you mind if I go up and do a couple minutes? Nothing. Yeah. So he walks up on stage. Brad Williams does this thing—super crush, super funny, super love.
0: It's hard to hate Brad. I love Brad. He's Williams. such a—he's such a really. He Some really people is get
1: just, mad at him because he's doing so well, but it's like, dude, the kid is nothing but love,
0: man. There's nothing but positivity, and people go. People, you can say whatever you want. Let me tell you something. I, I defy anyone to go up, go up as a, as a little person and work on the same level as everyone. I mean, he he's like he's like re- Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Peter Dinklage redefined the way I see little people. And Brad's doing the same thing. I completely and, agree and, with that. And you got it, Man, I, I fucking love Brad. I love he's Brad. Guy. He's
1: such, he's a funny guy. Nicest dude in the world. Yeah. He's flamethrower in the room. Brings up Carlos Mancia, and Mancia is going for blood. Really? Blood, dude. Yeah. Just, I mean... You know, Obama's about to start. Obama's about to run for uh, president. He's dropping n bombs in Dallas, Texas. Place is going nuts. The room Ah, is shaking, bro. He does, and I go to him. I go, if he does a second over thirty minutes, I'm not going up. He does twenty nine minutes, and they're like, he's bringing you up. I'm like, okay. Again, fouled everybody. He goes, all right, man. Thank you. Guys are great. Place explodes. Yeah. He goes, you guys are great. Are you guys ready for your headliner? And literally the entire room goes, oh, I hear a, oh. <laughs> the th- verbally someone has to follow this. That's yeah. what the room said out loud. I'm not lying to you the first time in my life, man. My entire vision just goes Whoa. tunnel vision. I'm, I'm blind except for this white light right here. And I'm like, I'm the guy who has to follow this. Yeah. I'm like,
0: fuck.
1: (laughs) Here we go. And he goes, please welcome to the stage Sam Tripley. And at this moment, he disrespects me so fucking badly, he runs off stage. He doesn't even wait to shake my hand to say thank you for letting me go up or just shake my hand to show me the respect to the people in the crowd. That hey man, this guy was nice up, leaves the stage, fucking empty, nothing, and I'm making my way up to the crowd. And, I do and, this. and,
0: and, and the, by the way, uh, the green from the green room to the in in Addison is a solid 75 yards.
1: <laughs> I booked a Southwest flight to get there. It That's a-
0: not it is not close. If you're by the bar, you're just halfway there. And then if you're if you're by the front door, you still have to walk through a crowd and 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 people. People may think, but what does that matter? It does matter. And those little things, the little things like a handshake from the person that you're following or like one time Janine Garofalo wouldn't touch me. Like I went to shake her hand. I brought her up and she went like this. I went, ew. And I went, oh, great. So now I'm a fucking asshole yeah, because you're a fucking celebrity and you literally just put your hands up like don't fucking touch me. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, I was like, I'm just trying to shake your fucking – fuck, and I was like – I fucking liked you. Yeah, I, I, you're one of the reasons I started because I watched you. and I went, "Ooh, I like her approach to this." I hope I get one day get to meet her. I would. Love, I wonder if we'd ever be friends. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it, because it's visual, it's right on stage, and it is disrespectful. I've ne and, and I've never. It's
1: like I, sometimes, man. I like very rarely. Like, I'll be in a room, right? I'll be in a room. I'll I'll be guest. I I don't know. I'll be traveling, right? Or I'll go see family. I know there's a comedy club there. I'll go, hey, can I do a guest spot? They'll be like, yeah. And I'll flamethrow the room. Yeah. And then they bring up the headliner. I will give the headliner the greatest intro ever. Yep. I'll be like, he's my good friend. I love this guy. He's nice enough to put me up. If he didn't want me to go up, I wouldn't be here. So if you enjoyed me, it's thank him. Give him the intro. This is one of the funniest. Build the credit up, so when he comes up, it's all love. Yeah. And that's psychological, man. Man, empty stage, dude. No, I walk up, man, and I just sit there, and I kind of... And the room is fucking quiet. And I just had this stupid little joke I did whenever I had to follow somebody at fucking Dublin's, who was a huge star. Dublin's
0: I, was a fucking monster. We'll talk that about was it another... That fucking insane room.
1: And I, I do this joke, and I drop it, and the room explodes. Yeah. 50 minutes me and the room and literally you felt like they're gonna they were like we're gonna fucking do this i felt that it was yeah. like this rudy moment where it's like we're gonna fucking do this and for 50 minutes i just explode and you could hear people going yeah you can follow him i literally everybody's yeah. saying it so i follow him for 50 minutes i go next door which is the piano bar i get shit faced, tank the next show because i'm so shit faced on stage <laughs> Staff was bringing people to watch me. Shit, fucking tank it on stage. But that's why I don't. I I just. It's just the that story. By the way,
0: that story defines what I love in comedians. I love the hard work and insight and care about the craft to go up and destroy in a down and out situation. But I even love more the guy that goes fuck it gets hammered and goes oh shit i got one more show and sucks with dick on stage i love the tragic figure i love the tragic hero Dude. i love the artist and i and i think that's what i'm i'm fucking realizing the older i get is i'm fans of comics like i don't want to run a sh- i don't want to run a mall i just want to be able to make a great fucking shoe yeah. I understand i may make sandals as well and boots and, and insoles and anything about the foot. But I'm just a comic. All I know how to really do is be me and be funny.
1: Dude, listen to me. I, my degree of success to some is amazing. To others, it's I haven't done what they've done. But where I'm coming from, man, I literally would, like, people thought I was going to pump gas for a living. I, like, I, I completely was horrible in high school. I had no desire to be there. I don't even remember doing homework. I have no clue I even got out there with Never a C plus. Never homework
0: my life. I found, out, I found out very recently I'm dyslexic. I'm fucking lucky to have graduated college.
1: Dude, I think I'm dyslexic too, man. I just like the, my reading patterns, how I do stuff. It's just like it's it, it's food bar, bro. Yeah. So the fact that I'm doing anything is, I mean, like I'm playing Comic-Con next week. I'm doing the Madhouse down in Comic-Con. Are I you know really? you guys are going to be at the American Comedy Company. I'm doing Friday, Saturday at the Madhouse.
0: Are That's you fucking down, great. You coming down to do the I might Thursday? be.
1: I I don't know. I might come down and watch. I don't want I mean like Robert's been nice enough to let me do that weekend down there. Uh-oh. So you yeah. You don't I don't want to draw from that, but I, yeah. I I'm going to probably go and hang out with you guys. I'm going
0: down I'm going down. I think I'm gonna, what I'm going to try to do is go down with the girls Thursday morning and then take them to go see Monster High and then do the show with Brian <laughs> that night and then drive home with the girls and then fly I got to fly out to to LA. Where are you going? LA. Uh we're casting in Flip. Oh that's great so we start casting trip flip this uh I, hope, I'll, I guess I'll probably release this really soon Awesome. Uh, congratulations But uh, yeah we start casting trip flip and uh, we're going all we start like we're going to like the next couple weekends we're going city to, city to city to city to city to city amazing dude yeah, it's a fun fucking show um, I always think I always think this is gonna sound really fucked up but I go like I don't think I've, I don't think I've achieved what I want in comedy, but let's just hypothetically say that I keep doing trip flip and I keep saying where I'm at at comedy. I'm, I actually might be really cool with that for the rest of my life. What? I'm having so much fucking fun. Dude, listen, man. If I can keep my drinking to the, where it's at now, where it's like I'm not a mess, no one's ever calling me out on it, and like if I can maintain this path for the rest of my life, Dude, I'd be so fucking happy.
1: I am at a place now where it's like I'm sober again. Yeah. I mean... I just – there was a time where Jack Daniels and Blow was just my love, dude.
0: Ah, it's, I think it's everyone's love. I just like
1: just doing Blow, meeting skanks, having fun was just like <laughs> – it meant so much to me. I've never been a money guy. I've just – it's just never been. It's never – I've done well. I can't – I mean, I, I'm not murdering it, but I, I, I'm never worried about if I got to have cash or not. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm very yeah. happy with it, man.
0: Now do you look at sobriety as a long term thing or is a big chunk thing?
1: Uh you know man, I'm just like I'm gonna be honest with you, I relapsed a little while ago and when you say
0: relapse, like are you like you never had to go to rehab, you just stopped.
1: No, I never I've never gone to rehab. I've always been like, I'm just gonna stop. Yeah. And uh I relapsed a little while ago. I just don't enjoy it anymore. The thrill that came with drinking and partying and doing fucking shady shit. Yeah. You know, is is gone. It's it's not fun anymore. It's it, can, just,
0: it can wear on your... Like, my wife's, my wife's really good. Like, I always wish my wife was in here in moments like that. Because she'll say stuff like, well, that's just unhealthy for your soul. Like, I mean, she just looks at it in, like, the most purest fucking way of, like... Like, well, don't... What? I, you need to have... Like, the way she sees life is very simple. And, like, I haven't drank in a... I haven't drank... I haven't drank in a week or so. And uh, just... Not like for any reason, just other than I charged pretty hard at fuck, in Fort yeah. Lauderdale and I was like, I gotta take a break and it's so funny, is like Georgia woke me up this morning because it's Isla's birthday. She goes, Let's go get donuts for Isla. So I go, Great, it's like fucking six in the morning. So we drive out to Yum Yums, we get donuts, we're still in our pajamas, we come back and Isla's awake and Leanne's like, Where like I freaked out you were gone, because normally in my regular life, I wouldn't just get up at, and leave at 6. I would have not come home the night before, That's maybe. hilarious. <laughs> so she's like, I was like, oh, George and I got donuts. And Leanne and I got back in bed after we opened presents. And Leanne's like, you know, I wanted to say something new, but I, it, I never really occurred to me. But, like, you seem really grounded right now. And I think it's because, you, you know, you, you take a break, and you fucking right. do. But how do you see sobriety? Do you see it long-term, or do you see it chunky? Like, do you see yourself... Drinking again, or or enjoying wine, or having a beer, or do you go? You know what? All of that clumps into shady shit.
1: I just, I've never been a big wine guy. I just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Just, but you got to understand that. Maybe you do understand. I'm a all or nothing guy. Like when I do it, I want to do it. I want it, like when yeah. I'm partying, I want Led Zeppelin seventy two world tour. <laughs> Every, I don't want to just like, oh, let's have a beer and talk about. I want to fucking break laws. I want a fucking crime spree. I want fucking bitches getting pregnant. And like, I want it all. That's what I want. I, someone, I the, the stuff
0: that. Please turn that into a meme of fucking just Triple E on stage raging and go, I'm kind of an all or nothing guy. <laughs> That's,
1: that's how I feel like this, that sipping doesn't do it for me. Oh, that's
0: so funny because I am, I'm, I'm kind of like that. Like I'm, I am, I'm not a, like I was explaining to my parents the other night, like we we're, were in Florida and we, I had like a, I want to say like I had a bottle of wine with my dad and I was like, and he's like, buddy, I feel like you're drinking it to get drunk. And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm drinking it. If I didn't yeah. want to get drunk, I'd just have water. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's no... I don't find That's a reason... That's a great
1: to. line. There are people who just... I'm going to have a beer and hang out. Yeah. I'm not drinking a beer to get drunk. I'm drinking a beer because I enjoy a beer. Yeah. I don't I don't understand that.
0: I said, I said to him, I said, I understand there are times where people would like a beer and... Uh, after the mowing the lawn. I get that. I totally get that. After a long run on the beach... Like, I really want a beer, and I want to sit in the pool, like when we're at our, at our beach house. I want that, and I get that. And, I won't, and probably, I'll probably have one beer, and then probably do some more shit. But once, But when it comes to, like, life, like, if we go out to dinner, I'm not having a glass of wine. I'm going to have three, and, it, and, and if I stop at three, that's, that's, uh, that's understandable. But you got to understand that I may want one when I get home, and I may want to come to the Man Cave and listen to music and get down by myself. Like, Like, my mom goes, my mom said... Get that, down by my... What does that mean, get down by yourself? Just fucking listen to music. I put in, like...
1: <laughs> You're get down by yourself. Mine, just totally different. Mine's oh. lock the door, pull the shades, gack it out, watch, like, two days of pornography, wondering where the fuck I'm going. And, like, dude, I've gone on... Like, dude, back in my day, I went on porn runs where I was, like, eight hours in, no longer watching for sex, literally watching for cinematography, dude. I'm looking <laughs> for camera angles, lighting. What is this shot about? Yeah. I, dude, just, like, going fucking Oscars on pornography, dude. Insanity,
0: dude. He sound like Tony Hinchcliffe. When Tony, Tony Hinchcliffe went through some period in his life that he was telling me about where he was just, like, drinking by himself, drinking fine scotches by himself and smoking fine cigars and watching great movies. And he's like, I was getting a little dark.
1: <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe watched him last night, The Iron Sheet Gross. Fucking murdered it. Literally so much fun to watch somebody grow into
0: themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So wait, let's get back to sobriety. So um so uh yeah I'm 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 like if I'm drinking, I'm probably drinking I'm drinking to the place where I, I'm drinking to get buzzed. I'm not drinking to right. Like I like I like, bu- I like getting you buzzed. like being buzzed. My mom was like, "Well, do, do people smoke pot just casually, or do they always do it to get high?" I go, "That's the only reason to do it, mom." Go, That's such an
1: interesting that that is such an interesting question because that is the one way weed is kind of different than boost. Everyone's yeah. like it's booze, the weed, the same thing, but. I guess does people just take a couple puffs, and I guess Ellis kind of does that, where he, like, he'll like he do a show, will take some puffs. I don't think he's going there to get fucking lit. Oh, I'll take...
0: I don't smoke weed.
1: I, I dude, I, I'm not a weed guy.
0: I, I, Doug asked me to do Getting Doug with High, and I was like, nah. I, I just can't. did it. I saw it. I watched it. You and Ellis and him, and you were like, I'm not a weed guy. It's so fucking counterintuitive to the way all you guys live your lives over the store is i always just thought weed was passed around liberally to everyone it is
1: but that's not my thing dude really i'm doing gackers of blow out of waitresses assholes that's so, how i fucking roll
0: that's how i fucking roll <laughs> you're just a fucking walking meme right now of great one liners <laughs>
1: it's just like i just it's just who what i was man it's just you know i don't like going slow i like going fast yeah I want to be like, hey, let's be Motley Crue walking into a strip bar right now and just fucking everybody, get the party started. You know, that's literally how I want to be, and it's just like you can't live like that.
0: And so, and so, when was the when did you did you start partying like that in high school? No, when
1: I didn't start really partying till like, well, okay, what happened was I go on, uh, I, I was a drinker, I do the Vince Vaughn comedy tour. Before I go up on stage, I literally down, like, five Jaeger bombs. I go up on stage, it doesn't go well. I literally, like, bomb in front of the entire cast of Wedding Crashers. At that point, I decide, I got a problem. I'm not going to drink again. For the next five years, I'm sober. I, I don't drink. I don't do anything. Sober as a whistle. I do a show with Ellis called Wild World of Spike.
0: I, was, I talked to him about that. And it's like, I I, I try to say to him that, uh, and I th- I think our interview went well, but it's really hard to tell with Jason because he's a weird... He's figure. an
1: interesting interview because I would just did a show. I go, he goes, yeah, I just did your show. I go, yeah, and you were miserable the whole fucking time. He says, no, nah, man, I loved it. I go, dude, you were miserable. Yeah. No, nah, man, I love your show, he goes. I go, you should have told me because it seemed like you were...
0: A- I thought him and Mike, I thought him and Tully actually hated me when I sat down. And I was like, and I felt like I was defending myself... And at one point I was like I got I got in their I got at their level where we were all talking in the same energy. Yeah. And I was like and I and then I was like okay, wasn't bad. I I, I
1: It's a ball busting like like Tully's but not sneaky like, ball busting. I realized when I come in, I'm going to get my balls busted by Tully.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but it's like not like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, and it's not yeah, yeah, hatred. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just like it's just fun ball busting. Yeah. You know,
0: Ellis and I were really close.
1: And my girlfriend uh put me in the uh I wanna be a Howard Stern competition. I I didn't want I didn't want to do it. My girlfriend just submitted oh, yeah. my radio demo and I got picked and I flew. You know, and Alice was a good friend of mine and I called him up to help promote the show. And at this time, Mayhem Miller was doing a show a lot, and they called and they just jumped me on the radio. Like they just boom, they jumped me. I couldn't get any words out, and they were just racking me the whole time. And from so we had a period about three to four years where we didn't talk at all. Really?
0: Is this After Wild World of
1: Yeah. Yeah, I loved Ellis. I think, you know, there's some people I watch. It's like, you know, comedy-wise, I'm at a place where I realize I'll never be Elvis. I I know it sounds really weird, but, like, I'm just not the guy that will fill the arena. It's just like, for whatever reason— I just don't do that to people. It's just I got my group of people, whether however big that will be. It is what it is. I'm not. Ellis is, has I, – I, on the show, I realized Ellis has the Elvis factor. Like, people
0: flock to this guy. Well, yeah, I read his first book. I bought a second one and started reading that. And I was like, well, I don't want I, I to read his book and then be like a fanboy to go in. Because I like I read his first book and I was like, he's pretty fucking interesting. He's a great he's guy. He's a really fucking interesting guy and I was Polly's like he's a
1: great everybody on the show yeah. is
0: great. And I was like and I was like, Oh, this will be fun and I went in and it, this is I'm never gonna say tell I mean, I'm i sure he'll hear now he'll hear now. But like I liked this show too. So when I did Fitzsimmons show one time, I saw they had Ellis shirts out and I was like, Oh shit, is this a show from the Jason Ellis show? And one of the producers was like, Yeah I go, Can I buy one of these? And he was like, No, no, just take it and I go are you serious? And they had like two. I went, can I grab both, one of each? And they were <laughs> like, yeah. So I grabbed two shirts. And I was like, fucking badass. I was like, oh, how cool is that, man? Like, it's like going into O&A and, and getting swag. Or like going when you go to Rogan. And he's like, pick up, take, a, take an on it box, get a, uh, uh, get a fanny pack, like all the shit he'll give you. And I was like, oh, how cool. And I didn't even know Jason Ellis. So I brought in shirts. My shirts for them in the sizes that I thought they were. I
1: gave them the naughty shirt before.
0: I, well, no, but I brought it in, and I was gonna say, like, hey guys, I brought presents because I stole shirts from you last time I was here. You don't even know it, but here are shirts. This one's for you, Jason, because it's all black on black, and and I didn't even get an opportunity to get a word out. So like at the very beginning, it was like it was like it was. It was and by the way, I'm not. I had fun on the show. I think I think I had a good time. I was just nervous. So I was like, I don't think they like me. Like we did an hour, and I was like, I don't think they like me at all. But then we get done. And Jason was like sweet as shit and he was like that was great and I was like oh my god I thought you fucking
1: hated me. Yeah, it's a weird that's how I felt his interview on my show is his kind of we got reacquainted when his PR person called me and was like Ellis wants to come on your show. I'm like what? He's like yeah, he wants to do his show. And I'm like that's fucking awesome. So we had on and like I've had people come on my show that were like, uh, you know, hey, I want to talk about my thing. We're not talking about that. I'm like, okay. So the the PR person's like, talk about his book. Oh, I'm like, okay.
0: I I, I already know because I said to him on his show, he was like, you could see him roll. He, he didn't, you couldn't see him roll his eyes. He had sunglasses on, right? But- Which
1: I understand. I like do my radio show. I want to put on my sunglasses because I'm so desperate to be like, is this entertaining? That. Yeah. People say I look around at the radio people because I do, you know, Playboy radio. Yeah, uh, people laughing, and I yeah. feel so bad for them that they have to give me some, ha ha, ha you know, like. Yeah. So like, I just want to wear glasses. No, so I that-
0: understand that. But I, I, what I was gonna say was, I when he said, "Tell me about your book," I thought he would be rolling his eyes, but I couldn't see his eyes because I know that he didn't want to hear about my book. Yeah. And I told him, I go, "Did you when you wrote your book? Did you want to talk about it?" And he was like, "Not really." I said, "Then let's not talk about mine." Yeah. And he was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "But that's the show that is." Like, that that's that show that if, I think they like you more when they're like, all right, tell us about your book. And you're like, I don't want to. And they're like, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, it's a different type of – it's a very different type of radio show than I've ever done or that I'm used to, which is a compliment and a, a show I've listened to but was not prepared I for. I think he's
1: going to take – over. I mean, this is my opinion. I think he takes over for Stern when Stern leaves.
0: I think Stern's out. I think Stern's out. I can't imagine Stern staying for much longer, Right. They're giving him a lot of cash. But oh, is he staying? I, I mean, I just assumed. I, I don't yeah, know. I feel like everyone's contract's up this year.
1: It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I think they were positioning to him, him to take Stern's spot, and then Stern comes back, but I think he takes his spot. I mean, it's a fine to machine, that Jason Ellis' show. It, it definitely is. And he's lethal fast. Like, he's lethal fast with, like, the responses. I was, I was,
0: telling, him, I was telling him that I liked Wild Worlds of Sports, I said, "What's the reason I liked it was because I did a show very similar to it called Hurt Burt." But I, it's like sometimes I talk so fucking fast I don't know what I'm saying, and I think he thought I said you guys stole that show from me. Oh, really? I think so, and I, but I don't know. Well, what he I got
1: thought. a lot. We got a lot of shit from uh, the uh, what's their name, Jackets. the Jackass guys. Oh, really? That they thought it was we were doing their stuff. Really? And I'm like, yeah, they they did think that, and I'm like, nah, that wasn't it. I think this Wild World of Spike changed television in, in, in terms of, like, commenting, people making comments about clips and all that stuff. Like, yeah. taking comedians and talking shit. Because then you started seeing it everywhere. Everybody's, and people would tell me, like, dude, I took a meeting. They're like, we're trying to do our own Wild World of
0: Spike. I like that show a lot. And I was trying to say that. But I don't know. That, that whole show, you I, always felt like – I always felt on odd footing because I didn't know. And, by the way, I'm talking way too much about it. because No, but the uh, problem but with like, being a
1: comedian – is and going in those shows, there is—it's like here, it's like even with me. At some moments, I'm like, "Is this entertaining?"
0: Well, you get so many fucking—you do so many fucking radio shows where, where you go in and you're having a hard time being fun, and they go, "You're not even funny." They and you're say like, that to you? No, I mean, yeah, not, 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 not—that's impossible. Not re- Not since podcasting showed up. But like when I was younger, you go in and they'd be talking about something, and you jump in and be interesting and they'd be like God, this guy's not even fucking funny and you're like I, and they're like you're supposed to do bits and so then you get trained for it and then you do podcasts and you realize it's a conversation then you do something like uh like I
1: hate doing bits
0: I hate I, I don't wouldn't do bits tell- now but like I I didn't know like I get into this fucking vibe where I feel like people want me to tell stories so I and I and I don't I'm not like a I don't like doing a long like I don't like doing a long story on radio cuz right. I feel like then everyone's forced to yeah
1: make listen laugh at to me. it Listen to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: and so, but I had a good time on the show, and I texted him. Which, the, to wrap this up about Ellis Well, Tully. the reason
1: we got in, I'll tell you why we got into it. What? Why we started talking to Ellis was
0: why I relapsed. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let me, yeah, perfect. Um, but I texted him after, and because I, I said to both of them, I would like you to do my podcast. I texted him after, and he and he was like, hey, man, it was a great job on the show today. <laughs> and, you, and, and he's like, I'd love to do your podcast. Let me know whenever. And I was like. I was like... It's just I, how fucking, he is, dude. Yeah. Well, you forget. He also has tattoos on his head. and he's in. He fucking gets blowjobs from porn stars. And yeah, runs, I know make, those like porn he, He's too. an MA fighter. He's but like, awesome. Yeah.
1: He's so funny because I was so baked on getting high with Doug that he racks my haircut. And I just sat there and my brain was grinding. Yeah. It go and nothing came out till. Five hours later when I got high and I'm, like, coming from the guy with a wolf tattooed on his forehead, that was going to be my response. (laughs) But I couldn't come up because I was so
0: baked, dude. So, wait. Tell us about the relapse.
1: Okay. So, I'm doing – I get hired to do Wild World Spike. I don't know – Wild World Spike is such an interesting story because Steve Byrne calls me up and goes, Sam, this guy comes to the comedy store and says, hey, I got the show I'm casting. Do you want to come down with a friend? And I'm like, yeah, let's go do it, man. And I just like the audition at the time. I like the audition. I hate auditioning now, and I, I
0: hate it. I won't do it. I haven't so done in a very long time. <laughs>
1: so Steve calls, and we're like, yeah, let's do it. The next day, I go, Steve, we go, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, Steve, let's just go do the audition. Why not? He's like, okay. He picks me up. We drive out. It's about making comments about videos, and we're just making comments. And I'm like, I gotta do something fucking interesting here. So I go, "Hey, Steve." He turns to me. I go, what? I go, "What?" And I just smack the shit out of fucking Steve Byrne. He goes, "What?" I go, "Just talk about that while I fuck this wall." And it's just all these models had come in, and I just start grinding on the wall <laughs> while Steve Byrne is making comments. And I sit down. The casting director's like, just staring at me. <laughs> Nothing. I'm like, I'm bombing this audition. Yeah. I'm dying. The whole ride home. Steve, I'm like, Steve, I never bomb like that in an audition. I've, that's the first time I've ever eaten it. I'm so, I apologize. Two weeks go by, I get a phone call. Hey, you want to do Wild World Spike? I'm like, what? You guys liked me? You gave me nothing in the room. Yeah. So I get the room. I get the gig. I think I'm just making comments about fucking stupid videos. They bring me in. They're like, okay, here it is. Uh, these are the videos, and these are the stunts you're going to do. I go, what? Yeah. They go, yeah, you got to do stunts. I'm like, nobody told me I'm doing stunts, but I need to get on TV at this time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, 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 I've been there in spades. I got a show right around that time on Spike called Fresh Big Video Games, maybe a little bit after. And I thought, I got a gig hosting. And I remember our first meeting, they sit me down and they're like, so you're cool with getting in a shark cage, right? And I was like, motherfucker, how have I cornered this market in... Fucking dangerous-ass shit. But keep going. So I know that feeling.
1: So I'm like, I'm doing stunts, but I'm like, I got to do it, dude. I got to get on TV. This, yeah. it, it has to happen. So I get on television, and we're doing stunts.
0: It's you, Jason, and who?
1: And, and uh, Kit Cope. And I, who is he? He's a tie boxer. He's like a, a high-end striker. And they're super athletes. Yeah. I am not. I am a piece of shit. I have no athletic ability. I'm getting destroyed. I learned what hematomas are. I've never heard of those before.
0: <laughs> it,
1: yeah. it looks like the the fucking rebel leader from Total Recall's coming out the side of your fucking leg. Yeah. I'm like, this is painful. I'm like, I'm hurting, Ellis. And he says this is not true, and this is not on him. This is totally me. He's like, dude, By I got bike. We're saying all this
0: because our my my uh, my Jason Ellis's book is on my fucking table. Yeah. So that's what we keep touching.
1: I go, I'm paying. He's like, you want a Vicodin? I got Vicodins because he's been doing stunts forever. Painful. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, man. I don't want Vicodin. I want to relapse. I'm in such pain. Give me a Vicodin. Yeah. And that's where it starts. Really? Boom. Next thing you know, it's just fucking cocaine cowboys and fucking bad decisions from there on it's just running crazy. I mean, and just and he he's like, So you're saying I made you re I'm like, No, dude, I yeah. fully was the guy who made that happen. I, I got in the
0: water, that's why I got attacked by the shark. Yeah, I know that.
1: I, I did I'm not saying you I, I saw fins. people I saw mean, Finns. I was me. in pain, dude. I was yeah. in pain. And that's where and it just fun times and bad decisions, dude. And then it just got to the point where it was just like I was I just, it was just like, I just started partying a lot, and the show started suffering. And I'm just like, I'm, too, I'm really funny, I'm really good, but I'm not that good that I can go half ass.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying.
1: It just, you know, I mean, I can get up there and just, you know, get drunk and have a good time, maybe once or twice, catch lightning and bottle. But my whole thing is timing. My whole act is precision timing. The joke only works if I hit it in the rhythm. If I go out of rhythm, it takes the, the crowd out of this kind of trance we put it's, them in.
0: It, it makes it sound like your energy then makes it sound like anger. Yeah. If, if you're off by a second, you're like, bam, that's angry. And they're like, no, that's not me. I have to As, smile on stage. When I'm crushing Asian pussy, yeah. but you're like, crushing Asian pussy. Yeah. Like, uh, it's I, I know exactly what you're saying. <sighs> um. Uh. What was I going to say? How did we get on the whole... So- oh, wh- why did I... How did I relapse? Oh, oh, yeah. No. So,
1: yeah. So, that's the whole thing. I super, started Super Party. And then, you know, Ellis and I had a big falling out and then we're back to cool. I really I really love Ellis.
0: I thought he was... I think he's a fascinating guy, but, I, but I, I'm looking at it. Like, it's, I always say, like, uh, like, I, I'm more... I'm always going to be more of a fan because I, I don't really like running those... I don't really run in enough media circles to be doing Howard or Opie and Anthony or or Ellis I don't run in enough circles to be doing them all the time so I'm not anyone's boy I'm not anyone's like si- I don't I'm, I'm, I'm not, nobody's boy I'm on, yeah I'm, like, I'm a even,
1: lone even, gunslinger
0: even like Rogan I do I do Rogan every now and then but and but like I don't like do it like as much as like say like uh like Ari or Joey or you yeah. Like no no, do I don't I
1: I do it a couple times but not nearly. Yeah. And I I'm totally fine with that. But
0: I don't ever want anyone to think that I like I don't I want I don't want people to think I'm using them to sell product or sell tour dates or like that's my thing. It's like I'm a fan of fucking I'm a fan of all the shit first. Yeah. I'm a fan of comedy before I'm a comic. Like rog- I love comedy.
1: Rogan's great. Uh, you know, it's like I walk a very fine line with him because there's like there's this fine line between Showing respect and being a fan and sucking his dick, you know, and it's just like I have to watch that that line because I just haven't been work with the guy that I think is doing it the best of anybody right now in terms of that kind of comedy. He is, in my opinion, the best at that. And I have to, you have to deal with him as a human being. You can't fan out even though you want. I want to be like, like. I did a gig with him. We did uh, Massey Hall in Toronto. It is literally one of the top five experiences of comedy I've ever had in terms of just watching a guy work at such a high, intelligent, dark, dirty level and get, like, the most high-end laughter I've ever seen. You know, I was blessed. You know, I hosted that show and I walk out and from the jump, the crowd gets it and we're just murdering yeah. then i introduce ari shafir and like rogan says you would think i just introduced coldplay at that moment yeah the place goes insane he murders and then ari brings out joe rogan and it is to to this day the best set i've ever seen and it almost you know there's Chappelle to, at the comedy store yeah. that's right there the smothers brothers when i got to see them live <laughs> the one of the most amazing sets i've ever seen in my life the t- the timing and the, the writing was so mind-blowing you're like that's why they're still working that's why they're legends that is one of the greatest things i've ever seen in that realm is joe rogan i go watching that must have been like what it must have been to watch andrew dice clay or sam kennison
0: at the height of their power, I can only. Ima- I want to do one of those shows, one of those weekends with you guys, just because. Not only because I want to go to the fucking UFC fight, but because I want to see him work. That's like I've always been fascinated by dudes who could work different size rooms and how they work it. Because I know how I do it, and you got to figure out it on your own. But it's it's neat to see like the guys you respect. I want to see Bill. Do a theater. I want to see Bill Burr do a theater. I want to see Norton do a theater. I want to see uh, I want to see Louis do a theater. I want to see Joe do a theater because you know obviously theaters are, are what you hope to be your next progression.
1: I would like to see Joey Diaz do theaters. I don't get to go see comedy enough. I don't even. I man. think it's time Everyone, to start doing that I because do I a, don't want to be influenced. That's really like I like to be a free thinker. Yeah. I want to be able to write whatever I want to write. And not be like, oh fuck, that's somebody. I just want to write.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm that way too. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit. I don't know. I'm fucking all over the map with my writing these days. I feel like everything starts as a story, then goes into this. I like I don't know. I, I look at like Bill Burr and as like a little bit of an inspiration because he can turn over material quickly, but that's because he's doing insights and in, and in, of life of of the way. Let me tell you what's wrong with these fucking kids. Like or like. You know, Watching like
1: Bill rants. Burr work is a fucking
0: honor. Yeah,
1: like I, I am not into I, dude. Hype trains, fuck hype trains. Yeah, like do not. I don't care if I've read every magazine says you're the greatest thing to ever hold a microphone. I see you on stage. It's open mic until you show me you're not an open micer. Yeah. and that doesn't mean that I'm this great guy. I just. I look at it without, I look at everything without emotion. And
0: I also know all the fucking tricks, so you're not gonna get me on the tricks. Yes. Like, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, be like, Oh, wow. He's coming up with it all on the spot. Yeah. Like bullshit. Yeah. I've been doing it long enough. To I've know watched that
1: enough fake crowd work to know when I, you've said that 14 fucking why times. why I
0: love Ian Bagg is because it's real crowd work. Yeah. It is, like, it is like jumping into the abyss with just a knife naked. It's
1: what he does and does well.
0: Yeah. And then you see guys that you are like, that's not crowd work. That's a bit reworked. And I've done that, too. And we've all done that. Yeah.
1: We've all done that.
0: Yeah but uh, I'd like to see I'd like, Bill Burr Bill watching
1: Burr. him live. And he's another guy. He's like, we had a weird start when he moved out to LA. Really? Because I didn't, It wasn't Bill Burr. That yeah. Bill Burr is now. Yeah. It was like Bill Burr used to be in LA, went to New York. And I remember him telling me why he was going to New York. We just had a, a conversation in passing. He's like, I want to go to New York. Cause I want to do what Chris rock did, which was work it, work it, work it, work it. Work it then come back out and crush is, and it's what he
0: did. Uh, I remember that. I remember Bobby Kelly telling me that that's what Bill wanted to do. Bill was like, Bill was like, I, but you got to remember, Bill was like, I hate talking about like this. I'm afraid Bill will listen, and it'll be, and you know, no one, no one sees, you don't see anyone the way they see themselves. And sometimes I say I see things differently. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting this out there forever. But I'm saying when I remember Bill, it was like he was talking about infomercials, and he was clean, and it was like more like, uh, like more kind of zany, bigger Bill, like. Then comes this guy. No, yeah. that's a horrible representation right, right. but and then I saw him. I went back to You're not to New known York. for
1: your impressions. You're fine. Thank you. If so, Jeff Richards did that, that'd be offensive, <laughs> but you you you're doing fine.
0: So, I saw Bill in New York one weekend and I was with Barry Katz and a guy named and a guy named Andy Cohen. And Bill was talking about women and if women want equality, then they've got to come out of the fire at the same time we do.
1: He got he did that on Letterman.
0: Yeah and he got I, tons of shit for it i was sitting in the back and i was on the floor laughing and barry katz came up to me and i go bill burr has turned a corner i was like i don't know what new york did to him but his writing is sharp it's funny and i wish i was writing like that and barry's like i don't see it papa and so i went up to bill and i was like bill whatever you're f- I, I don't by the way. All these memories, all your memories, I've learned are fucking suspect. But I distinctly remember where we were sitting, and I feel like I wasn't wearing a shirt. But we were... Makes sense. Yeah, we were in the back corner by the bar in the Boston Comedy Club. And I was like, Bill, you, what you're doing is fucking genius. Like, keep at it. And he was like, and he was like, really? And he was like, because Barry just fired me. Like, Barry had just stopped working with me. And so did Andy. I want to say Andy Cohen was my agent at ICM. I was like, are you serious? And he's like, Yeah, so that feels good that they were in the room and they saw me do like that. I was like, Fuck them. Fuck. I was like, them. Bill, you're fucking I'm talking one comic to another. What you're doing, I'm massively jealous of. I remember being in a car, small details. I was driving from Louisville from Columbus to Louisville and I bought Bill's latest or latest album at the time, and he was like talking about black people in lotion. And he was like, "We can learn from each other. Black guys, you need to teach your white friends how to use lotion, and white guys, we need to teach them how to register a firearm." And I fucking was, I was, I was at, I was at turning onto a main street, and I stopped and I doubled over the car at a stop sign, and I was laughing fucking hysterically. Yeah,
1: I, I love him. Now, when he moves back from LA, he's good friends with some of my favorite people on the planet, Steve Bird. Yeah. Joe Bartnick, Rob Kelly, yeah. these guys who I think the world of. See, Bert and Joe Bartnick, one of my closest friends on the planet. But I don't know Bill, but I know that he's friends with them. So I'm like, well, we should be friends. Yeah. But I don't know anything that I know about Bill now, like all the sports he likes, all that stuff. I have a million things to talk about. I didn't know it. So I would always talk about how's career going. That's the only thing I knew. He's a stand-up. I'm a stand-up. Let's talk comedy. Yeah. So I talked to him two or three times. The third time, he goes, dude, why do you always talk to me about the industry? Like, everything's about Hollywood with you. I go, well, I don't – I'm just trying to make – I don't know you. And, like, from there, it became a – we never really talked. Oh, okay. And every, everybody – I go, dude, tell Bill I'm a cool guy. Yeah. Tell him I'm a nice dude that, you know, that I, I like, get, validate – you know, give me a recommendation. Yeah. So I got picked up by All Things Comedy. And uh, I put out my album, and it does really well, and Bill Burr comes up to me, and he goes, hey, man, I'm very happy that your album did good, and I was like, oh, man, that was so cool.
0: I love that you pulled the mic away from your mouth just as you said that, so all you heard heard, I said,
1: that was so (laughs) cool. (laughs) Oh, I just think about it. It was so cool, because I, I, you know, so it's like we reconnected, man, you know, and I, I, and still this day, I fanboy out with him. But watching Bill, him the other day. I don't
0: Bill likes that fanboy shit. I know he doesn't, he doesn't well, no, but it's so hard. I understand why he doesn't like it. Only because, he, and I, I get it. And like I, I talk about how much I dig him. But Attell doesn't like it either. Like They don't want
1: to be the That's best. my fatal flaw. I can't talk to these guys who I look up to
0: as just anybody. I can talk to Bill like a regular human. But that's just because we started around this. Uh, he was a little bit before me, but we were in the same circuits. So, like, in New York, there was – I mean, there was talk about the business, but not with, like, certain dudes. Like, I don't ever talk to Burn about the business. I don't ever talk to – but, like, a tell I don't really have much to talk to him about. So if I see him, it's like, how's the road? Where did you just come from? Like, where are you going? Like, yeah. You know? I saw so I, – I, But so, they don't want, they don't want the, 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 the title of our favorite comic because then – They've got – that's like it's like when you ever get an intro and someone's like, this guy's going to blow your fucking minds. You may know him as the machine. And I'm like, just say Bert Kreischer so that I can do the big yeah. parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want you to do – I don't want you to hype up something I can't bring to the stage.
1: Uh, people always go, hey, what do you want me to say about you? Most of time, I'm like, I don't care.
0: What we should do is we should offer a comic com- – We sh- this is what we should do. Are you ready for this? <laughs>
1: Are you ready for this? Hit the
0: brand combos, okay? They're my favorite snacks. I love them. I love Pizza combos? Shut your face. Buffalo blue cheese combos? Oh, my God. So hit up combos and tell them I would like to start a comedy tour, combos comedy tour. And what they do is two good friends. It can be two good friends from any it could be two. You know what? Two fucking comics at a time. Yeah. The combos comedy tour, and they sponsor it. We put Combos on every table. Love Everyone it. Everyone gets to reenjoy the thrill of Combos with two great headliners that go well together. Yeah. And it's and so all the friends can hang out again and have good fucking weekends and We're enjoy snacks the, and enjoy Combos.
1: I love the Combos. Combos
0: comedy tour. Everyone hit up combos right now. Sam Tripoli and I will start it off. Let's and we're going do it. To I
1: will give you all day, every we're going day, to Dayton, all the time,
0: and we're going to do the combos comedy tour. But
1: on the final thing, Bill. I was watching Bill just working material. The love what I love about a comic, and you could, and it's Chris Rock does it too, is when a guy's working material, he doesn't care about the laugh,
0: and he'll just so go man. so impressive because he
1: can go five minutes. And not that he wasn't getting laughs, because he was, but it wasn't Bill Burr like, I'm flamethrowing It was just working through it, two, three minutes without a laugh. That's fun. Because right. I feel like these young guys are coming up. It's, it, I, I, I put comics into two categories. Tell me if you agree with this, okay? okay. And sometimes they blend. I'll get into that. Male you female? Maybe. There's shit talkers yeah. and clowns. Okay. Clowns, yeah. clowns just want to, they'll do anything to get that laugh. Yeah. They want the laugh. They okay. will go, and dude, I'm not saying one's better than the other. Even though I prefer one to the other, they're both, uh, they both work in their own ways. Clowns, yeah. Yeah. shit talkers. Clowns work more. Shit talkers become legends. Sometimes you have a shit talking clown. Sometimes you have a clownish shit talker. But for the most part, you can break them into the... How, wh- how are they trying to get the laugh? Breaks down to what category they break into.
0: It's really interesting.
1: Clowns just want the laugh. It's like, I got to make these people laugh. Shit talkers want to get laughs at, based on what they want to talk about.
0: Wow, this is a great, this is a great, I, I, I love doing these games. I did this with someone the other day. I said, I, I think I did it on this podcast. We said there's two types of comics. God damn it, what would we say? Oh, there's men. There's men and g- God damn it. Oh, there's com. I did this one with Aisha Tyler. We, I, and I was with, I want to say I was with Foltron when we thought of it, but I said there are com- male comics specific- exclusively. There are comics that are men first, comic second, and there are comics that are comic first, men second and you, and like Rogan's like a man first comic second, yeah yeah, like uh I'm actually comic first man second
1: well how, break that down how the how do you see that play out
0: uh like i'll just I'll just do examples of guys like Bill Bellamy is man first comic second
1: but i in in what sense though i'm just trying i what makes him a man over a com, what makes you a comic over a man
0: um I think. That my natural treat, predisp- predisposition is to make a joke about it, as opposed to stand up for myself. Like you, you couldn't, like oh, if someone, okay. like, 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 uh, like, and I think it defines the way you look at. Like Bill Burr is a man first, comic second. I
1: think that's the same thing I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. I think Sh- it's the clown, shit
1: talkers versus clowns.
0: But like, and I, but I, I like your, but better it's very because, important
1: that you understand that. And I mean this, all all truth. I'm not judging one is better than the
0: other. No, 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 no. And I, but I like your category better because you can mash them. You yeah. Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a shit-talking clown. I would say that. I, and, and I think that I would say, like, I don't even know if Bill's got clown in him. I
1: think he's shit talker.
0: Yeah, it's like a shit talk. Shit talkers become legends. Clowns, like, I want to, now I want to go through and think of the clowns, but then I don't want Bobby to. Bobby Lee, clown. Bobby Lee's a clown. Don't, yeah. don't, again, don't, don't, don't look at negative. Don't think it's negative. It okay. sounds
1: like it's negative, and it's not.
0: Steve Byrne, clown shit talker.
1: Shit, yeah. 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 Or shit talking, uh, no, clown a, shit talker. He's a he's clown, shit, clown talker. shit
0: talker a little, because, f- yeah. Steve's all about fun. Yes. And he's, and, but, I don't know. I haven't he seen him for t- a while. He likes to talk
1: a little smack here and there. Yeah. He, but I think he's, yeah. he cares about the laugh.
0: Yeah. Dane, clown shit talker.
1: I think he's now a clown shit talker when at his height he was a clown.
0: Yeah. At the height, yep, yep. And you're right. You can't judge. Your clown is the word that people get lost in.
1: Yeah. They think I'm saying, oh, he's just a stupid guy. I, I don't mean that at all. Yeah. It just means, like, what do you, Going for what matters to you—the
0: well, laugh is, this or is the getting one, your point across. This is the one that's defi- will defy logic, okay? Which I can't figure out which is more important: the clown of the shit-talking part of his act, Brody Stevens. I'm gonna go clown. Yeah, but it's so. What's so interesting about Brody is that I think. He might be a clown shit talking clown,
1: or a shit talking clown.
0: No, a clown shit talking clown. Yeah, like because I because sometimes clown
1: shit talking clown.
0: Yeah, because I don't because I I, sometimes I don't know if he's fucking with me. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know if he's fucking with me or if he like if he's past the joke and watching me figure it out. Yeah. Or if he is in discovering it the exact same time I'm discovering it. Yeah.
1: Like it's such an interesting thing. You don't know. If he's really pissed... Yeah, if he's really... Or he's angry. doing that to make you think he's
0: pissed. Yeah, like, we, we had this... Like, he had a conversation with two of my friends in our in my driveway that was, like, almost ten times more interesting than any conversation I've ever had with him. But he was talking to them, and I couldn't tell if he was fucking with them or if he was not fucking with them.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah like, last you know, night... You know
0: Brody when he just kind of, like, looks around at his feet? He's like, yeah, I do a lot of kettlebells. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I think he's serious there. So, I know sometimes you think he's serious, but it's so funny to watch him and be it's serious. so
1: non sequitur almost. Yeah, yeah. Last night we were roasting him, and I did a joke. He's like, you know, and it's just like, it it was a great night. I can get into like what needed to be different, but I did. I saw Brody, and I'm just trying to think of jokes. And I go, you know, Brody's show was called Enjoy It. Apparently, Comedy Central didn't. <laughs> and he goes why Sam really you're my and you don't know if he's serious or not, yeah, and then he tweets he's like had a great time with all these people, then he goes was verbally abused by Mike Lawrence and Sam Tripoli I'm like, are you really mad? I can't tell because yeah. I have to handle him with kids' love because I learned very early that he didn't get my humor at first, he really thought yeah. I was like let's say bullying when I wasn't when I was Trying to play into what I saw he was trying to go for. Yeah. And I was trying to put fuel on the fire. And then I realized I can't do that with Brody. Brody doesn't accept that from me. So I have to go the opposite way, which is like, you know, talk him up. and, and You know, because I think he's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think we all think he's awesome. But then you watch, listen to him on Rogan with the, with the, the, man, the, the uh, lady boy. Oh, do you remember do the you, lady boy?
1: Do you know I did a uh, dating game with, with Brody Stevens? I brought in a playmate. Two hardcore adult film stars and a lady boy, and he ended up picking the lady
0: boy. Are you serious? Yeah, it was the funniest thing you'll ever see. He, I couldn't tell if he was a clown or a shit clown or a shit talker in that moment. I didn't know if he was making, I didn't know if he was making it up. I didn't know if he was like I couldn't figure it push out. Push it what, to the limits. What, yeah, push it. I, Joe, I'll just say I pushed it to the limits. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. What was happening in that, and I it made it that more interesting.
1: Yeah, it's, he's
0: fucking fascinating. He, he really is, is.
1: fascinating. Dude. I think.
0: I think my goal in life these days is to make sure. I want. I'm going to do a list. I'm going to do a list. I was thinking about writing a book about everyone I interact with, and then the fucking second I meet them or I have met them, I write my exact instincts of exactly who I thought they were. Everything for real. Do you like? Uh, where, it, yeah,
1: it seems like you like. To write books now, are you kind of like into that?
0: Uh, it's hard to say. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna write another book, but I don't. I like writing the book. the The selling it is massively uncomfortable. It just isn't. You, it's like you know why? Because I don't feel like I was ever like like when we first met. You came up to me and you're like, "You have one of my favorite jokes," or "You're the funniest fucking guy," or whatever you said. I know where we were standing. I small details. We were standing at a high top on Santa Monica Pier uh looking overlooking yeah, the stage And yeah. frank kelly and was on stage yeah and you said that to me and i went oh my god and it was like the greatest fucking moment because i was like i and i was like i fucking this is like p other comic being nice or another comic what the fuck yeah and so i was like wow and so i don't know how i got on that subject but uh but you came up to me and said i like what you do when you write a book, it's almost like you got to like stand on a fucking mountaintop and go, does anyone care that I'm great? Yeah. I'm fantastic. And that is so uncomfortable for me. It's not who I am it's personally. It's got to be hard. And, and, and promoting Trip Flip is easy as fucking cake, because I know that like I have my 12 closest friends worked on that show with me, did yeah. sound, did camera oh that 's great like produce like that, it's just when you're with people for four years that 's how you care about them, and you know that all the people in the network that you 've been with for five years care about you and your family oh that 's great and and, and so it 's like you i am proud to promote that show i 'm proud to do anything for my parent company, but when you write a book it 's you it 's you and it 's like when you do stand up, you can go on and do radio and promote yourself without ever being like i 'm funny like imagine if you imagine if you um, Only could do promote your stand up by going on and going and then saying, Tell us how funny you are, and go, I'm really funny. You know who thinks I'm funny? This person, this person. Like, instead of just going and being the thing. No,
1: I gotcha. It's got to be hard.
0: It is, because it's a lot of, yeah. So, here, read a book about me. It can't be easy, dude. And then, and then, I mean, I forget, I want to say I was talking to Duncan, but I was talking to someone, and, and they agreed with me that they didn't say it first, but I said, There is a little bit where you feel arrogant. That you're like, am I really as important as Ernest Hemingway? Yeah, because yeah. he wrote one too. Yeah, he wrote a few, and then yeah. I'm like, hey guys, I'm I'm just as good as Hillary Clinton, who, whose book out is the same week. I- Unbelievable. So it's it was massively uncomfortable. However when you get one, one of the things I fucking absolutely love is when I see people who are holding my book up on vacation and it's like they took me on vacation with them. Oh, that's so awesome. And they're, so and they're awesome. like in beautiful locations and they're like, hey, I'm just on the beach reading your book. Oh, and that's so great. I fucking love it. I favorite it. I save those pictures to my camera and I'll fucking flip through them at times. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't Appreciation know. of your hard work. It, it's like, I, that means so fucking much to me. I, you know, I don't, I'm going to write a second book. I'll tell you about it when we get off. I'll tell you about it I'll tell you about it right now because Jim's probably at my front door. All right, but, but I'll tell you about it right now. After when does this, this come out? Uh, when do you want, when do you want it out? Now? Whenever I can put it out tonight.
1: Well, I have a show July twenty ninth at the Viper Room that I want to promote. It's called the uh, it's called the World the, the uh, Rock and Pole World Championships. It's literally
0: I saw this somewhere
1: karaoke and pole dancing tag team competition. Two shorts of judge. Brad Williams, Clownvis, Tara Patrick doing. A burlesque. Josh Wolf and the Wild Wolf Band performing.
0: July 29th?
1: ninth, at uh, 8 p.m. at the I'm Viper. Back in town. Are you there? I think I, think I
0: might be Come hang out, too.
1: dude. If you want to judge, I'll throw you in as a judge.
0: Oh, okay, I'll let you know. If you can't, I totally I'll, put up. I'll definitely put this Believe
1: up in that. yourself. Available on iTunes. I love you, dude. I never get to see you enough. The fact you're in town it was great to see you and I'm I've very thankful so that you much had me on fun your show. hanging out with you today. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It we was one of, this. this is one of the best podcasts I've done in a long long time, brother man. If you man.
0: ever want to just jump on and do one real quick, always call me and I'll like like just fucking put it together because I I could do one I can do one a month with you, once a week. Yeah,
1: anytime all the time. I love you bro. Thanks for having me. on.